0: Ask you a question. Have you has your joy been under attack lately? Just just think about, not just this week, but think about the last, last several months, maybe years, maybe the last two years. You know, sometimes seasons last for a while, don't they? Come on, anybody that's been through something for a minute or two. Seasons can last for a while. The enemy can try and put a season of depression on you and a season of chaos and trouble. And all those kinds of things. And <clears throat> there's one thing I want you to know today. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So, so, so meditate on that with me for a minute. The joy of the Lord, like the joy that comes only from the Lord, is your strength. Joy because the saints win is not your strength. Joy because you found a good deal at the store is not your strength. Only the joy of the Lord is your strength. If that's true, and I believe it is, if the joy of the Lord is your strength, then let me ask you a question. What do you think the enemy's been after? Your joy, your strength. He wants you weak. Come on. He wants you weak. He wants you worn out. He wants you weary. He wants you frustrated. He wants you agitated. He wants you moody. He wants you grouchy. He wants you irritable. Anybody been there? You don't have to raise your hands. That's okay. But but we've all been there, right? I mean, quite honestly, the last two years have been pretty much almost hell. If we're just being honest. I think sometimes we don't even know what we're walking through as we're walking through it. It's not until years later that you look back and you go, wow, we made it through that. Or you're talking about it to somebody and they go, and you go, wow. Like we had COVID, two hurricanes, a couple of floods, a freeze, a political thing, a racial thing. We had all this stuff going like, what? The enemy's after our joy. He's after your strength. And so I want to spend the next couple of weeks up to Christmas talking about joy. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that joy is ours. I'm reminded of the Sunday school song, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart, down in my heart. God, I can remember being a kid and hearing those songs, (laughs) singing those songs and believing that in my heart. Thank you for the gift of joy. Forgive us for letting go of it too easily. Teach us how to hang on to it like the anchor, like all of our strength depends on it open our hearts and our minds today. Speak through me, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 2 says this. Jesus said it. He said, and the angel said to them, or or the angel said it, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Say great joy. Not regular joy, but great joy. (laughs) That will be for all the people. Are you all the people? You qualify as all. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, all. (laughs) For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So the angel appears and says to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. How many of you like good news? Come on, good news of great joy. It's good news of great joy. It's the kind of news that you can only find great joy in. Oh, you got to get this today. The angel said, I'm coming and I'm bringing you good news of great joy. You got to know today when you leave the church where your joy comes from. And you got to know where it doesn't come from. (laughs) Because some of you are putting hopes and expectations to get joy out of something that cannot give you the same joy that the Lord can give you. So this is where we get the song Joy to the World from. Remember the song? Joy to the World, the Lord has come. I want you to think about this. I've been pondering on this all week. Like like this season is the most incredible season ever. I love Easter. I'm forever grateful for Easter. It's, It's highly comparable, but quite honestly, this is the season because this is the season that God decided to bring a solution to our sin problem and he sent his son, which is himself basically, down to the earth to come and live among us. The season is about Jesus coming to us. That's special. So we celebrate this season as the season of when Jesus came to us. This is the season where our king came to us as a baby. (laughs) God, born in a manger. Come on, somebody. God never does anything the way we expect it. Didn't even look like a king. Have you been in a manger lately? Have you been in a stall or a corral? You got flies in there, urine, poo-poo. They got all that stuff in a stall. That's where the king of the universe was born. So stop believing the lie that he can't get up into the mess of your life because he's been in the worst mess already. So, is anybody glad that Jesus came? I pray that this Christmas is the best Christmas you ever have so far. And I pray that specifically this Christmas becomes so less commercialized and so more Jesusized than ever before. Made up my own word. There you go. Somebody write it down, put it in the dictionary next year. I'm going to make the list of new words. I'll be honest with you, I don't know where I would be or who I would be if it wasn't for Jesus coming to earth. So if you're taking notes, the presence of Jesus produces the present of joy. Psalm 16, 11 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. So the presence of Jesus Produces the present of joy. Boy, this is so good. you got to get this today. Because if you're lacking joy, likely you're lacking presence. Can I say that one more time? If you're lacking joy, it's likely because you're lacking presence with Jesus. Just hang out with Jesus and joy is the consequence. Anybody hearing what I'm saying this morning? The presence. So when your joy gets attacked and your joy gets bombarded and you lose your joy, what do you do? You don't isolate. You don't make decisions based on how you're feeling because you just lost your joy. You just lost your strength. Don't make a weak decision press in to the presence of Jesus and receive the presence of joy again. You see, it's in the presence of Jesus that the lies of the enemy get torn down. When the lies of the world get torn down, when the lies of people get torn down in the presence of Jesus, But isn't it a a habit of ours that when when our joy gets taken, our life comes under attack, that we tend to pull back and we tend to isolate? Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? We want to hide out. We want a boo day. We want people to feel sorry for us. We want to get depressed. Sometimes depression don't have to come on some of you. You invite it. Because you isolate yourself and you put yourself in the same position the enemy's had you before and you're sitting there outside of the presence of Jesus with no joy. Maybe you know sometimes we really need to do the opposite of what we feel. Like you, you do that sometimes. Like there's times you want to throw a punch people. But you don't right? Congratulations, you did the opposite of what you felt. (laughs) Sometimes you want to say things to people. (laughs) I'm not going to give you any examples, but you don't. So it's possible for us to do the opposite of what we feel, right? So when you don't feel joy, maybe you need to push into the presence of Jesus and not just do what you feel. because feelings are horrible leaders. We make godly decisions and require our feelings to catch up with our decisions. Yesterday afternoon, I, was, I, I just took a light weekend, didn't do a whole lot. I actually helped my wife out around the house. She didn't think I did much, but for me, I did a lot. I loaded the dishwasher. Come on, somebody. Come on, brother. Come on, brother, give them... Y'all ain't saying because you 'cause y'all don't want the same thing on y'all. But I, I had a light day, and then all of a sudden, yesterday about mid-morning, right before lunch, my wife went to town, and I just had this feeling came over me. Like I had good joy that morning, but just like this feeling came over me, and I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. It was a heavy, oppressive kind of feeling, and it just kind of came out the blue. And so I'm, I'm, I'm cleaning, trying to bless my wife, and and I'm, and I'm, I just I said, man, I gotta go deal with this. So I went to my office and. The, and I sat there and I just I said, Lord, what is this? Like, why am I feeling this way all of a sudden? Like, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Like, I didn't stub my toe. I didn't get a bad phone call or a text message. I'm like, what happened? And I just felt something in my heart and it was heavy. And I was just like, God. Ah. And so instead of sitting with it like would be my normal pattern, I didn't just sit with it. I decided to go sit down and deal with it. Because that's not how I'm supposed to feel. I don't have to feel that way any longer than I want to. So I went to my office, and I said, I talked to Jesus about it. I said, why am I feeling this way? Help me understand what's going on. And I felt him lead me to pray, and I began to pray in the spirit. And I just kept praying, and and, and the prayer got stronger, and it got stronger, and it got stronger. and And I was shouting while I was praying in tongues, just stronger and stronger. It became warfare prayer. Until something broke. And afterwards, I was fine. (laughs) But afterwards, God began to show me some people's faces that I was praying in the spirit. I didn't know I was praying for them. But God began to show me things and give me words of knowledge. And I started to send stuff out to people that he told me to send stuff out to. And so I thought there was something going on inside of me. It wasn't something going on inside of me. It was something going on inside the sheep. And Jesus touched the shepherd and said, there's something going on. You need to deal with it. So I didn't sit back in complacency, whine, mope, and tat tat myself. I stepped into the presence of Jesus and I attacked the, the, the pushback of the enemy. Come on, you don't have to take that. Joy is yours. The day you came into a relationship with Jesus, you received the present of joy. It's yours. Don't let nobody take it. You fought for your presence when you was a kid. Did you not? You opened up your gift, tore the paper off, ripped it open, and somebody came along and tried to play with your toy. What did you do? Mine. Mine. Don't tell me you didn't. Why did we quit doing that? When the enemy comes after your joy, mine, mine. So God created joy, Jesus was a man of joy. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit of joy and the Bible is the book of joy. You know there's 66 books in the Bible and joy is mentioned 218 times. God is concerned about your joy. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So, what parent is not concerned about the emotional condition of your child? Come on, you know, you, you can read your kids like a book. They walk in from school. What's wrong? No, team. Oh, yeah, there is There's something wrong. I know that long face, right? I know that tone of voice. You're concerned, right? And if you're a good parent, you go and you help them with that. You go and you deal with that. You don't let them sulk and sit and soak in that. You go and you help them in that. That's what good parents do. God, being the perfect parent, is concerned even more for how we're doing emotionally. But I want you to understand something today. God is not nearly as concerned about your happiness as he is your joy. Because there's a major difference between happiness and joy. And I believe most of us here today have been, have been confused and maybe are confused about happiness and joy. So what's the difference? Most people can't step into joy because they're misdiagnosing happiness as joy. So if you don't know what joy is, you won't know it when you have it. You see, a lot of times we feel like we've lost our joy, but what we've really lost was happiness. (laughs) Happiness is fleeting. It's unstable. It's moved and shaken and run off and and established by simple things. Sometimes minute things affect your happiness. So, number one, happiness is triggered by the external, joy is triggered by the internal. Happiness is triggered by the external. Joy is triggered by the internal. Let's unpack that for a minute. Maybe you've heard this this saying that happiness is connected to happenings. Like if if all the things are happening right, then I'm happy. Come on, you know the the famous statement, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. That is a true statement. (laughs) I wasn't lying. (laughs) That comes from hearsay and experience. (laughs) If you get this, if you buy this, if you have this, then you'll be happy. It's based on situations, events, people, places, things, and thoughts. But here's the problem with that. In order for me to be happy, things have to be right, which means the opposite. When things ain't right, I ain't happy. So we let everything in our life be based on whether or not things are going right. Mm, I mean, think about it. For everything to go right in a day, literally impossible. Now, if more things go right than go wrong, that's a pretty good day, eh? Pretty good day. Yeah, I had more right than wrong. (laughs) Sometimes it's relationships that mess us up. (laughs) Sometimes it's kids that mess us up. (laughs) When they ain't acting right. Come on, somebody. Maybe it's when your money is funny. Maybe when it's when work is stressful. Maybe it's when you feel good in your physical body. I've been having this nagging plantar fasciitis in my left foot. That junk is so irritating. It's been after my joy for almost six months now. It's like a little dog with big teeth. Just, ay, 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 and I'm just like, ah! Maybe it's plantar fasciitis in your ball. Dude. But it's rare that everything happens right all the time. Right? So, as Christians, our joy is not dependent on what is happening around me and to me. I can rejoice in the God that is in me. It's not external. Come on, it's internal. Where's the joy found? Come on, sing this song. Let's sing the song. We just got to sing this song. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart, down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. Where is it at? It's in your heart. It's not external. The external will kill you but the internal will give you life. If you learn how to find your life from the internal and stop looking for it in the external, you will live with joy all the days of your life and that is possible. That is intended for you. Is it in your job? No, it's in your heart. Is it in a relationship with the guy or the girl? No, it's in your heart. Is it in your marriage or your family? No, it's in your heart. Psalms 30 says this, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Look at your neighbor, say good morning. good morning. You just got a fresh dose of joy. Come on, somebody, you put your feet on the ground in a bucket of joy this morning. Yeah, you wept last night, yesterday was a hard day and it was tough and it wore you out, but you know what? You woke up in the morning and you got you some new joy. You know what I love about mornings? Mercy and joy. You know what I need in the morning? Even before I need coffee. Come on, you, you coffee gods. I need mercy and joy before I even need community. Come on, somebody. <laughs> With some sugar-free French vanilla. Can I get that? <laughs> it's morning. Morning represents the season of darkness is over. So I want you to grab a hold of something this morning. If it doesn't look good, God's not done yet. If what you're walking through doesn't look good, that's okay. God's not done yet. He's likely not moving in your time. He's not moving in your timing. He's moving in his. Amen? So your ability to have joy in the middle of trying times is a sure sign of your healthy understanding and maturity. I love people that can walk through stuff. I love people that know how to handle adversity. I love people when all hell breaks loose against them; they got some strength. You see their strength come out. You say, "How are you? Are you okay?" Like you're really concerned. Like, "Are you okay?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm good." I'm good. And they got this look in their eye like, yeah, I'm good. As soon as I find out where that sucker is, I'm all pimp slap him. I'm good. Come on. But we're not born that way. <laughs> that's developed. That's grown into. That's matured. Are you with me? So you may be freaking out today, but that's okay. I'm not mad at you. I love you too. It's just let's, let's grow with it. Like when this same thing comes around next year, don't act the same way. Don't respond the same way. Don't let it, don't let it cause you to be so downcast like it did the first time. Hmm. So how I'm doing does not depend on how things are going. Did you hear that? How I'm doing does not depend on how things are going. Say this with me. Say, I'm good no matter what's going on. And I'm not talking about a fake good. I'm talking about a genuine good. Like I'm solid. Joy is still in my heart. I, joy has not left the building. I still have my joy. The devil didn't take my joy. The circumstances didn't take my joy. That cranky co-worker didn't take my joy. That, that, that demonic boss I got, he didn't take my joy. <laughs> Come on, son. <laughs> Number two, happiness is based on a situation. Joy is based on a revelation. It's the difference between what it is and who he is. Oh, you got to settle this in your heart today, I'm telling you. You got to stop focusing on what it is and start remembering who he is. Dr. Darius Daniels, a friend of ours, said this. He said, joy is a sense of jubilation based on a revelation that my well-being rests securely in the hands of God who is producing a favorable outcome for me. It rests in the hands of God. (laughs) My well-being. You know when that shows up when they fire you for no reason? (laughs) and You go, okay, it just means I'm about to get a promotion. Come on. You're fired. For what? I don't know. You're fired. Okay. How can you act that way when you know deep down in your heart that that the job, the person, the, the reputation is not my provider. It does not determine my well-being. You can't ever forget that God fed a whole nation from the sky. He dropped fresh manna every day and even gave them a double dose the day before Sabbath. And when they complained about that, he dropped quail. So don't go thinking that God is not your source. Your joy is found in Him and Him alone. It's not even found in you unless He's in you. Come on, somebody. And it cannot be external and it cannot be out there because out there lets you down. It's not situational, it's revelation who He is. But we spend so much time talking and thinking and processing what it is. We'll tell our friends the same story a thousand times, but the boss said this and they did this and that girl said this on Facebook and oh my God, they didn't like my post and oh, my picture only got two likes and oh my God, I know I'm fat and I just, ah. And even your friends are smiling, but they're going, oh my God. Like, shut up already. Y'all know it's true. (laughs) Y'all know it's true. Don't act all religious this morning. Y'all know it's true. Y'all got them friends. And if you don't, you might be the friend. (laughs) I'm messing, I'm messing. Those people don't come to our Savior's church. (laughs) You know what that tough situation wants you to do? That tough situation wants you to forget who God is. A tough situation wants you to forget what Jesus did. Remember, he brought you from death into life. He brought you from enemy into friend. He gave you new life, gave you a seat at the table, put your name in the book. Don't ever forget that. But that's what that tough situation wants you to do. It wants you to forget. Don't let go of your revelation. The apostle Paul had every right to complain. Be in a bad mood and be in despair. Watch this, Philippians chapter four, verse four. This is incredible. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Paul wrote those words. Paul wrote those words on life, doing life in prison. He was on a death sentence. Literally. He was in a prison on a death sentence. And he writes, always be full of joy. Where? in the lord what he could have said was always be full of joy not in your situation but in the lord he could have easily added that in there not in your circumstance not in your condition not in all these other things don't find your joy there find your joy where in the lord what does that mean to be in the lord to find something in the lord it's in your relationship with the lord you can't sit out of town if Jesus is in town and, not, and, and receive the joy of the Lord. You can't be a mile away and he's over there and, and, and expect to receive your joy. You gotta be where Jesus is. Come on somebody, that's why he said come follow me. It requires you to leave things to go and follow him. Sometimes you gotta walk away from your situation and go find him. That's marriage advice right there. If you're butting heads with your spouse, don't fight. Don't fight. What'd they do, Cheryl? Take a ride to Richard. (laughs) Jesus hangs out in Richard, over there by the Catholic church. You go and find the presence of Jesus. You go and you get along, why? Because your joy is found in him, not in your situation. Paul, I say it again, rejoice. 287 times the word rejoice is used. The word joy alone is found 18 times in the book of Philippians. Isn't it funny? The most joyous book in the Bible came out of the darkest, most painful place for Paul. Hmm. So what you gonna do? What you gonna do when you walk out of this church building and you come under attack? What you gonna do when things don't go right? What you gonna do when when things get shaken up around you? What you gonna do when you don't feel so good? Are you gonna keep doing what you've been doing or are you gonna change something and do something different? Because you don't have to stay the same and you don't have to be away from your joy any longer than you wanna be. looking at me like the mule at the gate. You gonna open the gate or not? Number three, happiness comes from feelings. Joy comes from faith. (laughs) Hebrews 12, two, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, watch this, the joy set before him endured the cross. When, 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 that, when that was said, he hadn't made it to the cross yet. You know how Jesus got to the cross? For the joy that was set before him. What got him to the cross? Joy. How did joy get him to the cross? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. You got to be strong to get to the cross. Come on. It was the joy set before him. Sometimes you gotta look through the trial. Sometimes you gotta look through the circumstance. Sometimes you gotta look through all the chaos around you and see the joy that lays on the other side. Come on, if you did something wrong, Jesus will tell you he's not gonna punish you. Which means this, if you're a believer and you're going through something, you about to learn something. You're about to mature. You're about to grow. You're gonna come out on the other side more joyous than you went in it. Because you got something in the trial. Ah, that's what's wrong with us. We run from trials and we run from circumstances and we try to we try to safeguard our life from anything that makes us uncomfortable. And, and all we're doing is protecting ourselves from Jesus. We're protecting ourselves from growth. Man, whatever comes, let it come. Come on, let it come. It's going to hurt. Is it going to hurt, Pastor? Oh, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt bad. Oh, am I going to cry? You going to cry a lot? (laughs) Jesus never said, follow me, and you'll never cry. It's going to hurt. But there's joy set before you. I wish I could tell you I know Jesus the way I know him today simply because I studied my Bible. Now, this goes against a lot of what I say because I believe we all need to be studying our Bibles every day. I know Jesus the way I know Jesus because I read my Bible and because I walked through what I walked through. I know Jesus in ways that I would have never known him if I would have never walked through it. From what I understand, it's like childbirth. Never been there. I'm not even gonna pretend to know what that's like so I don't get reprimanded or corrected in front of everybody. But from my observations, pregnancy is not pleasant. It can be quite uncomfortable. Make you a little moody. Extremely hungry for weird items. It's not pleasant, but yet there's still joy in it. Why is that? Because of what's coming. (laughs) Because of what's being birthed. Because of the joy set before you. You see, Jesus' activities on the cross show us how you can be in a bad situation and still hang on to your joy. (laughs) because <laughs> you see, when there is no joy, remember there is no strength, and when there is no strength, you're not trying to preach Jesus. You're not trying to preach the cross. You're not trying to get nobody saved. You're boudin' in your own pot of gumbo. Come on, somebody. You, you see, you're marinating in your pot of pity right there, and you're not, you're not even trying to reach out. You see why the enemy wants to take your joy? Because he shuts you up when he takes your joy. Jesus is hanging on a cross, just had all of, <laughs> had everything beat out of him, He's hanging on a cross, and what does he do to the two guys around him? Still gives them an opportunity to, to receive salvation. Even on the cross, it wasn't about Jesus. Ah. <sighs> Let that soak for a minute. Even on the cross, it wasn't about him. You know when he wrestled with him? In the garden. You know what made him get up and walk? They didn't come get him necessarily. He gave himself. What caused a man to do that? The joy set before him. You see, joy looks ahead while pain looks at the here and now. Isn't that true? If the pain would have had Jesus, he would have only focused on himself. He had pain, but pain didn't have him. I'm not saying you'll never experience pain. I'm telling you, you're going to experience some pain. Go ahead and surrender and set yourself apart for Jesus. You're going to experience some pain. Oh, but it's good pain. It's growing pain. It's life-altering, changing pain. It's building the kingdom of God pain. There's fruit that comes out of that kind of pain. And you can be in pain, but pain doesn't necessarily have to have you. So I want you to understand something, that joy can coexist at the same time as other feelings. How do we do that? How do we walk through something? that it feels like it's killing us and still have joy. How's that possible? You ever wonder that? Because sometimes if you're not careful that can even feel offensive. Like you don't know what I'm going through and you're telling me I need to have joy. Like you, you're so out of reach and out of touch. No, I'm not out of touch. I know you're hurting and I'm I've, I'm trying to fight. For me, it's, I'm trying to find empathy inside of me to help you. <laughs> it's not there, Jesus didn't put it in there, but anyway. I know you're in pain, but you can still have your joy, even in your pain. One of the most devastating things that ever happened to me was watching my mama take her last breath. When I prayed after my mama passed, it was a prayer of joy and thanksgiving. I, didn't even, I wasn't even planning to pray. Like I didn't prep for this moment. Like they called me. I was at the post office and said, bro, your mom's about to die. You better hurry up. And I run to the house and we pray over her. And then she's, she's struggling to breathe. And she takes her last breath and we're like, that was it. I had no plans. Didn't even know what to do next. You know what came out of me? Joy and thanksgiving. Why? Because it was in me. That's what came out of me. And I stood at the feet of my mama's bed. And I I said, Lord, thank you for my mom. Thank you for her life. Thank you that she's not suffering anymore. Thank you that I got to be her son. I don't remember all the words, but I prayed something like that. Was I in pain? You better believe I was in pain. I lost my hero but I hung on to my joy. Hmm. It's kind of like being terror You ever been terror Terrified and excited at the same time? Huh? Yeah, write that one down too. I'm getting two words in the dictionary next year. <laughs> All at the same time, terrified and excited, it can happen. Number four, happiness happens by chance. Joy happens by choice. You see, it's funny because two people can look at the same thing and see something different. Joy causes you to see different. Obstacles become opportunities. I've heard it said that life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. You ever say this? They put me in a bad mood. If you're shaking your head, no, you're lying. <laughs> they put me in a bad mood. They wrecked my day. Pooty they made me mad. They had me by ready to cuss. You ever say that? Don't raise your hands. <laughs> Question, why are you letting them do that to you? Why are you letting them have that much control over you? I know. It's easy to say it's hard to walk out, right? Because people could set me off too. <laughs> I could literally be traveling home after church. Get on this road right here. This road right here. It doesn't matter. Either direction you go, this road right here, people will set me off. I could have joy in the morning, and as soon as it strikes noon and I get on that road to go home, somebody trying to take my joy. And if I'm not careful, I'll let them go home all blowed up in the face, huffing and puffing. Like, I thought you just left church. I did. Habakkuk 3, verse 17 to 19 says this. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. There it is again. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Your joy comes from your relationship with Jesus. Your joy comes from the presence of Jesus. You've got to nail that down today. That's real joy. Don't substitute happiness with joy from outside things. You're going to get yourself in trouble. There's a chasm between even though and I will. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms, I will rejoice. Joy happens by choice. It feels kind of different, huh? When it's put in your hands, isn't it? When joy is taken out of other people's hands or circumstances and situations and put in your hands. I choose joy. In what I'm walking through right now, I choose joy. As I'm crying these tears, I choose joy. Because my joy is found in the Lord, not in my circumstances, not in my situation, amen? So why choose joy. Nehemiah 8.10 says this, don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's how we started the message today. What's the enemy after? What's this world after? Your strength. What is your strength? Your strength is the joy of the Lord. Stay strong, my friends, stay strong. Your joy is in the Lord. It's great when things go right. I love it, I celebrate too. I get a little frisky like my dog. I get a little frisky, my tail starts to wag a little bit. I, I love it when things go right. I love it when, you know, a plan comes together and, and things click like they're supposed to. And I get happy, Happy. I get happy, happy today, yeah. But my joy is not my happiness. So would you say that the enemy has been given too much authority in your life? Maybe people have been given too much authority in your life. Would you say that maybe circumstances or situations or happenings have had too much weight in your life? Bow your heads and close your eyes with me today. Would you say that that's been true for you in the past, however long? Some of you might even say today that the enemy has been trying to steal my joy right now. I got all twisted up about Christmas, worried about what I was gonna get this person and that person, making sure everything was cooked right, prepped right, looked right. And I forgot what Christmas was all about. This is a season of joy, season of strength. God has come to us. He came and met us. We didn't have to climb a mountain. We didn't have to cross a valley. We didn't have to swim an ocean. He came to us. He came to us to give us life. And liberty. And relationship. And joy. Mercy and grace, friendship. He came and brought it to us. He brought the gift to us. He didn't, we didn't have to go get it. We didn't have to work for it. He brought it to us. It's a season of joy. It's not a season for everything else. It's a season of joy. help us to recognize where our joy comes from. Help us to recognize what joy really is. Help us to learn how to walk with the joy of the Lord all the days of our lives and not to ever let it go again. And we would learn to hang on to the joy of the Lord. Help us to remember that happiness is fleeting. It's fine when it's here, but it ain't good when it's gone. But it it comes and goes. But our joy can remain the same. God, help us to learn to walk in joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Just say that with me this morning. Say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. My job is not my strength. My marriage isn't even my strength. My, My own physical abilities aren't my strength. My education is not my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. God, what a season we've been through. What a season we've been through. There's been more going wrong, it seems like, than anything could go right. More violence, injustice, greed, pride, division, surrounding us more fear than we've ever known before. And it's all coming after our joy. God, would you give us our joy back? We have our joy back, Lord. Maybe you need to say, God, I'm sorry for letting it go. I'm sorry for giving it up so easy. Whatever it is, God, I want my joy back. Your word says that that mourning may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping may last through the night. Joy comes in the morning. It's a new morning. It's a new joy. It's a new day. It's Christmas. I bless every one of you with the joy of the Lord today. I bless you with a greater measure of joy. I pray this next season is a season of joy. No matter what's going on, it's a season of joy. No matter what new variant is out, it's a season of joy. No matter what the news says, it's a season of joy. No matter what the money's doing, it's a season of joy. Pray that over us today, God. Put your heads bowed and your eyes closed if you're here today and you've not received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior and you've never come into a relationship with him but you feel something tugging on your heart today. That's you. I just want to quickly get you to respond by raising your hand. If you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's called being born again. You can do that today. If that's you, just raise your hand real quick. Real quick. Praise God. Now, Father, we thank you for today. Love you bless you we thank you for this word you're mighty and strong and I'm glad to be your son or your daughter in Jesus name amen Will we give the Lord a big hand clap this morning